0: pray heavenly father thank you for this morning we ask that you would open our hearts right now to the word of god open our spirits lord even if it's just one thing we needed to hear this morning that we would take that one thing and become more like jesus with it in your name we pray amen a common line for pastors is that god hears all prayers right i mean you've you've, you've been in, many of you've been in church long enough you god hears and listens to all prayers that's kind of what we're supposed to tell you and the line we're supposed to give but what if i was to tell you that we have actually been lying to you all this time let's go Ooh, you know where's he going with this well no the fact is while god may hear and listen to all prayers there are some prayers that god ignores And he ignores them for our good so that a greater good may come with it. Now, in the moment when God ignores our prayers, it can just seem like this Christian thing isn't working, you know? Uh, In fact, I would say the number one reason when I talk to people and I ask them, you know, what their feelings are toward the church or what their feelings are toward Jesus, they'll give me the answer of, you know what, I tried it and it just didn't work out for me very well. I'm glad it worked out for you, but it just didn't work out for me very well. Well, a lot of times... That can be like someone, we ask them to drive a car and yet they've never put the key in the ignition. Or we've asked them to light a fire and they don't know that there's things called matches that make it a lot easier than rubbing sticks. You know? We ask them to ride a bike and yet they have no clue what the pedals are for. A lot of prayer is sticking through some of the trial and error. You may not do everything right the first time and it may be you know, sort of a bumble and jumble but I can tell you this right now. The more we are faithful to God, the more you'll grow in Christ, the more you'll begin to see how prayer works and how to avoid some of those prayers that God may actually ignore. And the Bible tells us that God is going to ignore those prayers. And so this morning I just want to give you five, but I don't want to necessarily just dwell on what he ignores, but perhaps why he ignores it and what we might be able to do to make the healthy changes for ourselves well the very first prayer that god ignores god doesn't really ignore them because number one is prayers never prayed sometimes we just never pray we either never pray at all Or We go through a busy time and we just don't check in with God. We don't check in with the Holy Spirit And so we have a lot of times where there's a trail of prayers that have never actually been prayed if you look at James chapter 4 verse 2 James says you have not or you do not have because you've never asked now Someone once asked me. Well, does that mean that God will only do things in my life if I ask for it? well, probably not I think actually When we die and we look at our lives, we're going to see a lot of things that God did to save our keister all our lives while we were here on earth. But James wouldn't have wrote this if there wasn't some validity to it. There are some things you may struggle with day in and day out, and God is saying, it's time to start praying about it so that the answers can be released. In Revelation chapter 3, God says, These are the uh, Revelation 3, 7, and 8. It's not up here. I'm just going to read it for you. It says, these are the words of him who is holy and true. That's God. He says, I open doors that nobody can shut, and I shut doors that nobody can open. How does the open door come? Through prayer. Prayers never prayed. Doors never opened. Or doors never shut if they need to be shut. And so there's a part of, I mean, there's just some simple logic in saying that sometimes it's the prayers never prayed that yield the worst results because they were never prayed. A good example of this is when I first moved here uh, eight, eight and a half years ago, I didn't know Bakersfield very well, but I was convinced I knew it well. You know, I could read maps and I did all this and that. And so when we would be going somewhere, the thing that I hate to do the most was ask for directions, all right? Uh, i mean you know i'm just not comfortable doing with it there's something about me where if you're a man men don't ask for directions right amen Uh, come on men men don't ask for directions right if you have to ask for directions that's like admitting defeat that you are an incompetent navigator all right so you know, we, we would try to be on time for places and I'd be driving and and my wife Tanya she'd be like, Tom, why don't we just stop and ask for directions? No! I will never ask <laughs> for directions, you know. That I, and the more she said it, the more I would get angry. In fact, one time I think I looked at her looked at her and I said, disappear. You know, I mean it's just just <laughs> I know. Just angry. Why? Because we don't I, I want to be able to say, you know what? I know how to get there. I can read it stupid map and i'll get there well you know sometimes we can joke about that with driving but sometimes that's how many of us approach life you know what god i got this i don't need to ask for directions i don't need to pull off the exit and and check where i'm going i'm good i got this you gave me a brain you gave me a car we're just going on down the road thanks but no thanks and a lot of times that can yield disastrous results if you hear anything else this morning hear this the heart of god is sometimes you need to exit sometimes you need to pull off the road of life you need to stop you need to drop get on our knees and just pray god am i going where i'm supposed to be going am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing am i doing it with the heart with which i'm supposed to be doing with it i can't tell you how many times i have met with particularly older people and they'll tell me you know I haven't really checked in with God for my life in 20 years. I think, man, that's just like going on I-5 and you were going to Disneyland and you end up in Peru. You know, I mean, it's just like, you, you, you know, at some point, it's time to stop and pray the prayers that you've never prayed. Because sometimes to get what you've never had, you've got to start doing what you've never done. Amen? Number two taking god's forgiveness for granted sometimes we do this i do this you know i don't know how many times i've gone on a diet i, I start in a diet and it's monday tuesday somebody invites me to the mall there's all these donuts everywhere and i say, "Oh, i'm going to eat this donut i'll repent later you know i mean it's just there's just you know we, we, we can have this thing and i i say this lightly but it gets serious from here in psalm chapter psalm chapter 66 verse 18 David writes, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But surely God has listened and heard my prayer. James 4, again, the next verse after 4.2, 4.3, says when you ask, you do not receive because you're asking with wrong motives. I've met with lots of people over the course of my ministry. I've met with people who struggle with drug addiction and, and sex addiction, and they come in, and they are broken. And they want to be free. They want to have victory. And, and, and when they go to pray, they get out of the chair on their knees, their head almost to the floor, and they're just crying out for God to break that off. I'm telling you right now, God hears that prayer. Because even though they may be struggling with sin, they hate the fact that that's there. And they're trying to get victory in it. I met with other people, and they'll have like a gossip problem. And as I'm talking with them, I'll try to begin to talk a little bit about the gossip problem. And they'll look at me and they'll say, you know what, I don't think that's really much of a big deal. Oh, yeah, you know, I, 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 it's exciting. I talk about people and all this and that. But it's not like I'm on drugs. It's not like I'm, you know, having an affair. It's not, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, 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 God thinks that's a big deal. God doesn't want you to hear something that's going on, and then you can't wait to run home or find a private place, and you get on your cell phone, you call somebody, you start. Did you hear? Oh, did you? Did you? God say, stop it. That is a big deal. And so, when we begin to not think that you know that begin to take God's forgiveness for granted, and, oh, it's no big deal. Da da da. da it can begin to to compromise the effectiveness of our communication with God, all right? Actually, I got a funny illustration of this. Uh, I found a video which I think kind of shows this. For a lot of us, you know, we're we're all on these fad diets. I think there's like 1,600 to date, and so uh, uh, I, I think I'm hopefully going to try a new one here real soon but i found this video uh i hope you enjoy it and i hope it illustrates the point of s- sometimes how we can sort of go yeah you know I-, I know i might not be doing the right thing but here's some ways in which i try to get god to ease up on that let's watch this real quick my favorite comedian tim hawkins <laughs> This one over food. Sometimes we pray over food and ask God to make up for our bad choices when we eat. That's funny. <laughs> what is? It? Lord bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Lord bless this bag of Cheetos and this jumbo Dr Pepper. Lord, somehow make this nourish us in some way. I don't know how you're gonna do it, father, but we just trust in you now. Father, change the molecular structure of this food. This complete trash we're about to shove in our gullet. Change the Cheeto into a carrot stick on the way down. Spirit of low carb, rain down on me now! I pray a hedge of protection around my pancreas, Lord, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Intervene. <laughs> Lord, I pray you change this Cheeto into a carrot stick. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Point taken? Good. All right. Number three, third one, third prayer that God ignores. <clears throat> mistreating your spouse. Ooh. Come on, let me get a, ooh. It's in the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, weaker physically, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will, what? Hinder your prayers. Now, I can't imagine that this doesn't work both ways. But the issue here that Peter's really getting at is sometimes, even in marriage, we can have seasons where one becomes the bully. He becomes the bully. You may not have meant to. You may not even know why. There may be a lot of reasons. But for one reason or another, a husband or a wife begins bullying the other. Or you know what, let's forget about husband and wife. I think this could be true in any human relationship. God watches very closely how we treat other people. And our treatment of other people is in direct relation to how much we love God and say we love God. You can't say, I'm in love with Jesus, and you're just mean to everybody. God says, stop saying that. Stop saying you're in love with me. How, How about this? How about you love me by loving people? Amen? You know, I think that's what God would say. How about you love me by loving your spouse? How about you love me by loving your kids? How about you love me by working your butt off for your boss? Even if you can't stand the guy or girl. But a lot of times we can be the, amen. <laughs> it got, there was an odd hush in the room for a second there. A lot of times <laughs> we can... We can, we can be the bully and not even know it. See, we always think that the bully is the, you know, the, sort of the hefty kid at school that would beat us up for our lunch money. That was the bully. No, that's one type of bully. That's the sort of dominant, aggressive bully that is going to use their words, their aggression, and their intimidation factor to bully you into submission. You know, there's two other types of bullies. Another type of bully is the bully who withholds their love because you haven't done what they wanted to do. So they're going to withhold their love so that by withholding their love, they can skew you into doing what they want you to do. That's nothing more than manipulation and coercion. God sees that. God sees right through it. It's a paper-thin facade for God. Sure, it's easy to say, well, the bully is the guy. <laughs> it's the bully, but sometimes it's, it's the person that's like, uh-uh, no, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? And then there's a third type of bully. It's the sneaking bully. Sometimes, if I'm mad at my wife, I know where she hides the chocolate. I'll sneak in. I'll eat the whole bag. Because I'm mad at her. I'm getting even with her. And she'll go in, oh, man, somebody ate all my chocolate. And what do I do? Blame it on the kids. (laughs) That's why God gives you kids. (laughs) But I hope you understand what I'm saying. Bullies are all about control. Because deep down, there is a fear and an anxiety that bullies are struggling with over something they cannot control. So they turn to bullying to try to anesthetize themselves from the fact, from the real truth that none of us are in control. The answer is not to become a bully. The answer is to surrender before God and say, God is in control. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Number three, mistreating, don't mistreat your spouse. Number four, ignoring the poor. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13, says, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. God has a heart for the poor. God hears the cries of the poor in ways I don't even think we can imagine. And when we in our pride think that for some reason we should not hear their cries as well, then God says, listen, until you start listening to their cries, I'm not going to listen to your cries. Now, I don't know if it's if it's that uh, you know, if it's worded necessarily in that way, but you can definitely see what the Bible's getting at here, and I'll tell you this right now. Serving at Church Without Walls, that's, that's our outreach. Church Without Walls is situated in one of the poorest neighborhoods in Bakersfield. And when they come on out, I mean, if there's clothes there, they take the clothes. If there's food there, they eat the food. If there's uh, medicines, and I, mean, I say medicines, I don't mean like like um, prescription medicines, but they got aspirins there, all this kind of stuff. You know, If there's stuff, I mean, they, they stock up. And it's beautiful and amazing, for most of them, to see the gratefulness. And when you begin talking to them and say, "Man, thank, thank, the, thank you, Jesus, for this bag of stuff I'm going home with," they know where it's coming from. They know it's coming from God. How do, and, and and how does and how is God doing it through me, and you, and everybody who makes that decision to go down there and be a part of helping the poor, whether it's feeding them or whether it's serving them in some way. Tonight, you have an opportunity to do that. Ray and Melissa, if you would stand up for a moment. I know. These two are going to prepare food this after. You don't even have to prepare the food. They're going to prepare food this after. What is it today? Tri- tri-tip? <laughs> Whoa, we are going to be blessed. Oh, my gosh. Pastor Ben. We'll Get my barber. That's right, you know. We're gonna be serving tri-tip today, and so what time can we get down there? Five forty-five, six o'clock, somewhere about. We'll say six, cause five forty-five is. It, we'll just say six. Okay, six o'clock. Six o'clock, you can sit down at uh, Beardsley in North Chester, right where they meet. Just just come about hundred feet down Beardsley. You can't miss it. It's a tent church, and when there's parking there. Come on down and feel the blessing when you hear the cries of the poor how God hears the cries of those who hear the cries of the poor. Amen? Some of the biggest miracles I've ever heard of has come from ministries that serve in poor neighborhoods. In fact, it, wasn't, it was only just a few years ago uh, when I get a call. It was, it was late at night. I, I wasn't there, but I got a call, and it was from Chris Van Dyke. She said, Tom, you'll never believe what happened down at church without walls tonight. What? She said, we experienced a miracle. Really? Tell me. She said, we had prepared soup for about 50 or 60 people because, you know, Pastor Ben tells us, you know, at the beginning of the month when everybody gets the social security checks, there's less people that come at the end of the month. There's more. So this was the beginning of the month. He said, man, 50 or 60 people total. Well, I don't know what happened. Maybe there was a government shutdown or something, but over 200 people came out that night and they made soup for 50. And I said, oh man, I said, what did you do? Did you? I said, you just send some people to the store? Da, da, da. I'm going into like, you know, how to fix this mode. She goes, no, Tom. We ladled the soup and ladled the soup. She said, and after the first 50 people, it was down to like about two inches off the pan. And she said, we were just going to serve it till it was bone dry and then tell everybody else they had to go away. They'd have been telling 150 people they had to go away. And she said, I don't know. We just kept serving the soup. And you know how you ladle something and you see it go down? She said, Tom, it just never went down. They served over 200 people soup, and the soup never went down. So if you want to see a miracle, start helping out in some of those places. Amen? And then finally, the last one, praying for show, praying for show. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, the, the actors, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now, for many of us, this may not directly apply to you. In fact, I have not seen any of you on a street corner praying to be seen by others. So for a lot of you, You may not have been the Pharisees type person that Jesus is talking about. But I would say this many of us reach points of desperation where we just don't know sometimes how we can go any further. So we'll do anything we can think of to try to move the hand of God in our lives. We'll write bigger checks. We'll light a bunch of candles. We'll wave our hands and worship and make sure the tears are streaming from our eyes. We'll get on our knees and just beg God over and over and over. We'll clean up every area of our life. We'll start doing backflips for God. We'll start doing anything we can to put on a show for God so that God will answer our prayer. But God sees right through it. I can't see what you're thinking. I can't feel what you're feeling. The show would work on me. But not on God. He sees right through all of us. Right into our heart. He sees you. Going through the whole circus circus act to try to get his attention. But for God, it's a paper-thin facade. And what God would say in those moments when we do that, you don't have to do that. You don't have to put on a show. Just, just, just just get down on your knees. And just from your heart, say, God, I don't, I don't know if I know how this works. I, <laughs> I have some real needs I don't even know how to ask you. And yeah, there's things in my life I ain't the cleanest fish in the pond. But God, I pray that you would help me. If there's something I need to do, I pray you'd show me. And if there's something that you can do, I pray you'd do it. And show me you did it. But either way, God, I just... I just surrender my heart to you. And I just trust in you to punch a hole in this world and break through in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. No show. Backflips. You don't have to shout. You don't have to sing it. You don't have to speak in tongues for an hour. You can just say it from your heart. Amen? Amen. So if you look on your sheets, if you want to flip them over, we'll just do a very we'll do a 30 second review right here. Number one, if you want to write this in, pray so that god can answer it don't be victim of the prayers never prayed (laughs) pray so that god can answer it the second thing pray with a humble heart toward god pray in humility be the person who doesn't try to say it's no big deal just come before god and say god i surrender i surrender to your will Number three, be nice to your spouse. Some of you may say, ah, this doesn't apply to me. I don't have a spouse. <laughs> be nice to your neighbor. <laughs> Number four, be generous to the poor. If you can't go down on Sunday nights to us with Church Without Walls, then please keep generously donating to Life Point Church. Because our church, as a church, we invest in church without walls. I'd like to invest even more. So be generous. And I promise you, that generosity is not going to be wasted on uh, wasteful things. It's going to go to the poor. And then finally, pray honestly and not for show. Because God, He doesn't just want Our performance. God wants our hearts. That's where he's going to talk to you. And that's where he wants us to talk to him from. Amen? Amen.